0: last week we started talking about an anointing it was an anointing uh that's found in jeremiah and it was an interesting uh, anointing and people saying huh but then as we got into it 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 uh uh, people started realizing it's a jeremiah 1 7 through 10 anointing what god calls jeremiah as a prophet and the first thing he tells him to do you're going to root out pull down destroy and throw down and then you're going to build and plant so six things God had asked Jeremiah to do. So when he called him to a place, first thing he had to do is to start breaking down the old paradigms, the old, the old thought patterns, the old religious habits and things of that nature. And after he rooted out all the things that were no good uh, among the people, uh, pulled down all the principles that were no good to them, destroyed everything that was not godly, threw down everything that didn't belong to God, then they started building and planting. Remember last week I shared, when they're going to build a brand new building in that uh, terrain, what do they do? They first break into the ground. And they start digging and digging and digging. They find old wells. They find old pipes. They find a lot of junk. <laughs> Some cases, we've even said they find bodies in there. They find everything. They break everything down, root out, pull out. Then once they're finished, then they get to bedrock and they start building. And this is what God has been doing in our lives. Little by little. How many of you have been feeling God in your life, you've been feeling that pressure, that tension, you've been feeling God uh, saying to you, that's no good, this you need to leave, this you need to get away from. Anybody? Yeah, Yeah, I I experienced that, because we're all on a journey. Last week we shared how we have to love each other through the journey, because a church is not a place where everybody's, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in church. Some of us are there three months, some of us are there two weeks. Right, And some of the veteran Christians sometimes fall into the trap of thinking they're better than others. Or because they're a certain way, everybody else has to be a certain way. The church is a type of hospital. People should be able to feel free to come in to get healed. They should feel free and not feel, oh my God, I'm sorry, I, I don't feel welcome in that place. No, no, we have to be welcome. Now, in the hospital, what do they do to you? Hmm? What? Poke and, prod. Poke and prod. Well, yeah, they do. They have to because they have to find out what is going on with you. So sometimes when you go to the hospital, it hurts, right? How many of you just love, you just love the dentist? I mean, you just just love the dentist. Anybody? 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 No. <laughs> One person lifts up their hand. You're yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, we don't enjoy these visits. Because they hurt many times. We don't enjoy them because, you know, they poke prod here and look here. And, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, it's for your own benefit. And watch this. The doctor is going to cut you. The, the little boy got cut, right? You said half of the body got cut, got cut up here. You know, when the, when the child woke up from anesthesia, did it hurt? Yeah. And guess what? He volunteered. He went under the knife voluntarily and guess what, in most cases when we get operated, not only do we go voluntarily we also pay the doctor to hurt us (laughs) right? isn't that interesting? because the doctor has to get in and excise the very thing that is causing harm to your body and we got to pay him for it and we got to pay him good really good money You see my point? So in a church, it's the same thing. When you come into a church, little by little, the Holy Spirit is going to start accentuating several things in your life that you need to deal with, and so the pastor is going to share a word. Uh, The brother or sister is going to share a word uh, or a testimony or uh, maybe an example or maybe uh, a mentorship is going to be created. And so that's going to cause you pain because they're going to say, you know, in this area of life, I think this is out of order for you. This is going to hurt you. What I have found today, and I want you to listen to this very thing I'm going to tell you right now, very vital, is that most people don't understand the process, so they get offended by it, and they walk away from it. Imagine, you're ready to get operated on, right? They're ready to put put the anesthesia, and then the doctor says, this is going to hurt you when you wake up, and you go, oh, no, sorry, Uh uh-uh, I'm out of here, Uh uh-uh, no, you ain't going to do that to me, you ain't going to hurt me, Uh uh-uh. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to submit to that process. What can the doctor do? Nothing. Nothing. And I have found many cases when we start the mentorship process in a church, some people don't submit to the process so they don't get healed. And then they'll go to another church and they'll experience the same thing. And right at the moment when God is going to start operating again, no, no, I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm I'm not going to let you do that. It's a mistake. Because here's the problem. Every time God's about ready to operate and you refuse, that thing metastasizes and gets worse. It gets worse. So we need to deal with it when it's early on because the quicker you deal with the issues you're experiencing, the challenges. Because all of us have been touched by circumstance situations all of us have been told things that don't belong to our future so God is rooting out he's pulling out things you know why because he wants to build you up into a man and woman of God that's going to touch the world but in order to do that he has to cut away the Bible last week I said how it's called circumcision circumcision is the cutting away of that which is natural to you but it's no good for your future and I shared last week how when God cuts away these things, they hurt you at the moment, but later on it's a blessing. God will deal with your um, your habits. He'll deal with your tendencies, your proclivities. That's a good word for r- 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 roughness. Rough, r- 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 yes, yes. All right. I'm going to use that one as soon as I open up. So you know, God will deal with your difficulties, and it'll hurt you. But after a while, you, will, you know, I can work with this. Same thing like exercise. Anybody love exercise here? No. no. <laughs> yeah, You start out with a 25-pound dumbbell, and you can only do seven. And after, ooh, your muscles are hurting. But after two months of using that 25-pound dumbbell, you know, guess what? You're doing 20 reps. It's no problem for you. Now you got to go 30. Now you got to go 40. It's the same way in your Christianity. Don't let anybody... Push you too far. You take it step by step, line upon line. God is working on you. You are on a journey. Say to your neighbor, I'm on a journey. Praise God. And see, in this circumcision thing, you know, it sp- speaks about circumcision in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God told Joshua, Joshua, I want you to circumcise all of the warriors because before they get into the promised land, into their inheritance, I have to uh, cut away everything from them that's no good. Because if they walk into their inheritance and they still have the old mess, they're going to mess up the new life. And you know what happened when they got circumcised? The men had to stay in place in the camp for three days. They couldn't move. Why? Because it hurts. So when God's working on you, sometimes you think that, you know, that God doesn't care, that God is, you know, is not thinking about you. No, on the contrary. He's working on you. So therefore, you're feeling the shift. You're feeling the change. You're feeling the pulling, the rooting out. You're feeling a change in your lifestyle. <clears throat> you're losing some friends that you had before that are not good for your future. praise God. And we shared last week how in the natural circumcision is done to a man, right? And it's at a point where the seed passes. So when the man uh, has intimacy with his wife, the seed passes from him to her and then she receives the seed and they have a child together. But if a man is not circumcised and if he's not clean, he can pass on bacteria that is no good and can actually sicken the womb. See? So, I mean, I'm telling you something that sounds weird, but it's in Scripture. So this is why God has to circumcise from you things that are natural to you, but they're no good for your future. Because if you pass on to your future with the same mess, you could bring in Bacteria or things that can destroy you while you're coming up. And you know the devil does that. He does that. He does not talk to you at all. He lets you get some measure of success and you grow and grow and grow and at a given point where now you're flowing, you're running, bam, he hits you with that thing that was with you all along that passed on to your successful place, but you didn't deal with that issue in the past, and what happens is now you're at that place, the drinking comes back up, the drugs come back up, the bad attitude comes back up, whatever it is that that you have to deal with. That's how come you have to allow God to deal with you now because you're going somewhere, You're going somewhere. God hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't let you go. You're just going through a process. You're just getting ready for God to work in and through you in greater ways than you ever realized in your life. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, um, I mean, you heard about prayer too. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says here, It is written that eye hasn't seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Then it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. See, relationship. The Spirit of God wants to reveal to you the things He wants to do in and through your life. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. Then it says, For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man that's in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now watch this. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given freely by God. So the spirit of God, whom we're in a relationship with, whom we're growing from glory to glory, we're growing in our relationship, the spirit of God will show you things that have been determined for you from before the foundation of the earth. The spirit of God will reveal to you who you really are in Christ. And that's amazing. Say to your neighbor, you're amazing. You're amazing. Once we reconnect with our source, he will give us the beauty of his vision. His vision, seeing beyond the natural. His vision will actually cause you to become a disciplinarian. You know why? When you know who you are, when you know what you're called to do, you know what you have to say no to. See? When I became a pastor, I had to say no to basketball. I had to say no to everything. I had to even say no to Russell. (laughs) Because I had no time anymore. I had to study. I had to go to school, so I had to say no to everything else. My whole life was work, family, school. I had to go to theology school. I had to study for a good six, seven years. See, when you know your purpose, you know what you have to say no to and that's beautiful and that's why vision is so vital vision will confront you you know why <clears throat> when you see yourself in the mirror and then you see the vision and what God is calling you to be you go I gotta change I have to start shifting I remember that you know I would go hang out with some preachers and, and you know I, I forced myself on them I really did I'm gonna give you a secret relationship is everything I don't have relationships go get them yeah, well, that's embarrassing uh, get rid of embarrassment show up in people's offices introduce yourself to people I'm, I'm serious I remember for me to, to, to meet the friends I have today I mean national and international speakers, I had to literally go and show up to their prayer meetings, I had to show up to their offices, hi my name is Victor Nazario I'm the pastor over there and I want to spend some time with you, just like that they go oh, oh okay well we're doing something next, where's that? okay I'll be there Excellent. Thank you. Pleasure meeting you, sir. That's what I did over and over and over again. And today, they're my friends. I have their cell phones. We talk together. We, we go on uh, trips together. It's, it's wonderful, right? But I had to initiate that relationship. Why? Because I was a pastor. So I had to get to know other pastors. Who's God calling you to be? Or rather, what is God calling you to be? You have to start hanging out with people that are at the top of the rung of the ladder in Your industry, yes. well, uh, it's not easy. Nobody ever said it was. Who wants to be an Olympian? Well, get ready to wake up at three in the morning, get ready to eat bird seed because <laughs> that's all you can eat <laughs> to become a you know Olympian. You have to eat only specified little foods, and it's just the way it is lots of protein, yeah, exactly. We have to, you know, uh, um, vision will confront me. This the way you are, you're out of order here, you're out of order here. And you know, you can lie to the world, but you really can't lie to God and you can't lie to yourself. After all, you realize, you know, I'm not doing the best I can. Right. You know? Maybe you're the best goldfish in a little goldfish pond. But God's calling you to be in a 50-gallon tank and to be one of the big sharks. But you're, you're the biggest goldfish in a little... I don't know what, one gallon, what? what do you call that? It's not even a gallon, it's a quart. Fishbowl. The, the fishbowl, but I just made one quart, right? And you're the biggest one, so you think you're all big and bad. Let me take you out of there and put you in the 50-gallon tank where the shark's at. How are you going to feel? <laughs> you, you understand? So we have to make sure we continue to grow. I remember, I would go to their meetings, and these people were preaching up a storm. They were preaching with highfalutin words. And I would look at them and says, I don't know what in the world they're talking about. So you know what I determined to do? I literally, every single word that I didn't understand, I would write it down. And it says, next time they're not going to get me on this one. <laughs> you know, you might vis-a-vis today, but tomorrow I'm going to vis-a-vis right back to you. <laughs> so... Yeah, because they have some weird words, and, and, and I loved the way they, you know, they, they were so elocutionary, and they were, they were, they were so, uh, uh, I don't know, they, they just flowed naturally. They didn't even have to think about it. So, all right, yo te cojo. I'll get you. So I would write everything down. Then I'd go home, go into the dictionary, learn every single word. Why? Because I was a pastor now, so I had to learn how to communicate, not just in the local church, but in other settings too. So... And then I had the other challenge that I had to also learn it in Spanish. Oh boy. So, you know, if you have to learn didactic, didactico. You have to learn in both ways. So, But that's what I did. I set to learn these words. After a while, I had 380 words. New, brand new words. Great, communicative, communicative, power words that I could use in the boardroom, that I could use in the church, I could use in different settings. Why? Just because I simply decided I've got to get better. Vision will confront you. Say to your neighbor, it's confrontation time. Praise God. Vision is also transgenerational. What God is doing in you, he's already thinking about your children and grandchildren and your spiritual children. He's already thinking generations ahead. Yeah, but Jesus is coming soon. That's not your business. You know what happened? The big mistake. In the 70s, when I got saved, they were saying, Jesus is coming. So no use studying. No use preparing. So I didn't prepare until I was in the 1990s. 20 years I wasted because Jesus is coming what's the use of studying no our job in Jesus command was you occupy until he returns right. he might be coming tomorrow ok I'm going to continue occupying until he returns the word occupy is a military term you take over you go in you do what you need to do get people saved get them delivered he's coming tomorrow well today I'm going to work Amen. work while it is yet day it's not our, our, our jobs you just sit there and wait how you doing yeah I'm waiting on until for the blessed day I'm waiting for the blessed day No, don't wait. Get involved. Get busy because there's so much work to do. What did Jesus say? He says, I have to do the work of my Father who sent me. So every day there was an agenda for Jesus. And every day there should be an agenda for us. Our calendars should be packed. Organized packed. I'm not talking about crazy packed. It should be organized. Today I'm doing this. Tomorrow I'm doing this for the glory of God and for the benefit of those that God called me to minister to and to serve. Why? Because I have a vision. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The church cannot go out of business. It can't. There's nothing to do. What? Are you out of your mind? The church can't go out of business. Too many customers. Yeah, too many customers all over the world in our communities. You know, there, there too many problems, too many issues. We're still on duty. Say to your neighbor, we're on duty. And I don't think about vision, it's personal to us, but it's always connected to a greater vision and purpose. So you're connected to what? You're connected to a community, the church community, the community out here. You're connected to your family. You're connected to your friends. Don't tell me you don't have anything to do. There's so much to do right now, and God is calling you. Point to your neighbor and say, God is calling you. God is calling you. Hey, amen. In Colossians 1, 26 and 27, he says, The mystery that had been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is being revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery, this mystery among the Gentiles. And it says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, is revealing to you what God wants to do in this day. It is His will for you to be involved. It is His will for you to be a major vessel for God and for His grace and for His glory. How it's going to translate? Differently, because you have a different gifting. He made you different. He made you unique. You're nobody's clone. You're not supposed to preach like me. You're not supposed to sing like her. You're not supposed to, I don't know, administrate like them. You have a unique way of being, and that's the way God made you, and that's the way He wants you to flow. I remember years ago in the 70s, one of our heroes at that time among the Spanish uh, Christians was um, G.J. Avila. He was a great evangelist, and God was using that man powerfully in those days. But he had a way of preaching. You know, he would preach like this. He would say, amado, hermano, que Dios le bendiga, hallelujah. He would just preach like that. Yeah, just like that, just like that. And so, after a while, you see every young preacher. I sí, mean, Gloria, a I'm saying, dude, you're just you're just imitating. The... <laughs> yeah, I, see, God doesn't want you to imitate anybody. Learn the principles of leadership from the person, but do it your own way. Learn the principles. How many of you remember Gigi Avila? Those of you, you got? Yeah, there's some. There's some of you that still remember. Yeah, and then and then to top it off, he was Mr. America. No, Mr. Puerto Rico. Mr. Puerto Rico. So. You know, he had a unique way of getting people delivered. They would come at him with knives. So, yeah, they would come at him with knives to try to stab him in his service Randall's Island. You know, four or 5,000 people would show up. And I was a young usher during those days, and they would come at him with knives. And he would just grab them, he would put a headlock on him, because he was Mr. Puerto Rico. The man had, you know, some guns. He was a bodybuilder, so he would, he would grab them and que sal fuera en el nombre de Jesús come out of him in the name of Jesus. And they would fall, and they would get get delivered. But you know, if you don't, you you have to, my man had some guns on him. Praise God. So everybody has their own own way of being. So in conclusion, I'm able to conclude now because first and foremost, it is time, and number two, we had an amazing teaching on prayer. So Ephesians 3, 19. May you, experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, then you'll be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power, at work within us. Again, the Holy Spirit working within us. He will accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church. And in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. He's able to accomplish more than you could ask or think. So if you're asking, don't ask for shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Ask for a lot more. Ask for the nations. Ask for your family. Ask for a, a future ministry, a future business that's going to help humanity and you can use that to connect people. Ask for a parachurch ministry. Ask and he shall give it to you. But he'll give you more than what you realize. More than you can ask or think. Guess what? It's His Will. He loves it. He's daddy. Who here, daddy or mommy, don't want to give to your kids what they, you know, need? You do it because you love them, right? Amen. But heavenly Abba... Our Heavenly Father, He's able to do more than we could ask or think. So if you're thinking it, He's already thinking more. If you're asking it, He's going to give you more than what you're asking. All you're doing is setting a baseline. He's going to always do more. Because our God always outdoes the very things we can even think about. Amen? So as I release you, go out there and start ruminating. That's another one right there. Ah, Think about it good word, ruminate. To think and mull over and meditate. Meditate on what you're called to do. And allow God to start peeling away from you the things. Some of us, we get to that place where God's about to use us and we have the excuse. And it always comes back to us. Next time it comes to you, you say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not going to receive you anymore. I can do all that God called me to do because he gives me the strength to do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say that together. I can do... Whoa, wow, it's gonna lead to all right. That's good. All right. Praise God. Yes we can. Praise God. Amen.